Hello and welcome to Increase Capacity, the arts and humanities audio program that explores ever-expanding levels of beauty, truth, and goodness. This is episode 7, and it's July 24th, 2017, and we're broadcasting out of WXPI Studios in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. The song you're listening to right now is called Wait For Me by Giraffe Squad. I'm Jesse Turry, and as always, I'm joined in the studio by my co-host Dan Lewis. What's up, man? How's it going? Chillin'. Yeah. Chillin' like a villain. <laughs> Illin'. Willin'. Stillin'. <laughs> you know. Okay, yeah, stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can stop. We also have a guest in the studio today, and her name is Brittany Tash, and I'm going to let Dan introduce Brittany, because they're, they're good friends. Yeah. Yeah, I met Brittany through uh, City Alliance Church here in Williamsport. Um, she was the ministry coordinator uh, there at City Alliance for quite cool. a while. Um, and we've collaborated on a couple of uh, block parties. I've helped with the, the designing uh, posters for that. And so that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Kind of, you know, meeting together with a few other people downtown for those. And so, so yeah. Um, but, you know, I'll, just, I'll give it over to Brittany and she can talk a little bit more. About okay. Myself? Okay. Tell yeah. us about yourself. Yeah, okay. Start from the beginning. <laughs> from the, begin- from you the beginning born. of time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, 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 the big bang. <laughs> the big bang. Start when there. it all happened. Yeah. <laughs> no, my name's Brittany. Um, I moved here to Williamsport in 2011, so mm-hmm. oddly fell in love with this town. Wasn't expecting cool. to. <laughs> um, I used to work at Lycoming College as a resident director, and then, then I got a job with City Alliance, and I actually recently transitioned and now supervise AmeriCorps members over right at on. STEP. So I love community. I'm all about, you know, helping yeah. people and awesome. kind of drives my life. So We're so happy to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. It's great. Cool. Lyco. Yeah. We, yeah. um, I, I work at a, at a liberal arts school too. Yeah. I work at, in, in Lewisburg. At okay. Bucknell. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's, that's cool. Where did you move from Williamsport uh, or to Williamsport? Uh, from? I was living in Reading, um, Pennsylvania. Oh, as yeah, a grad, okay. I was right doing on. grad school and mm-hmm. also working as a hall director at oh, college great. there. Yeah. 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 They have a, a big like Chinese pagoda there or something they do. like that. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to it's go awesome. see that. Yeah. I actually did a mud run up all the way to the pagoda, Whoa. which was like seven months. It was really hard. But oh, wow. It was awesome. In the yeah. mud? Holy cow. In the mud. Nice. It was good. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Williams Sports fun, and mm-hmm. we're, we're glad to have you uh, here tonight. Um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell people a little bit about the show. The title, um, just, you know, for Britney's benefit, too, but for also, uh, also for listeners who, you know, may be listening for the first time. Mm-hmm. So the title of the show is Increased Capacity, and this is, this is really a riff on a concept from a 20th century uh, mathematical physicist named Alfred North Whitehead. Um, Whitehead had a very aesthetic um, and even consciousness-centric definition of uh, evolution. Mm. So um, he viewed evolution as an increase in the capacity to experience what is intrinsically valuable. So with this in mind, we break the show up into three segments, beauty, truth, and goodness, or soul, mind, and heart, if you prefer. Mm. So some may recognize this, uh, these three things as the primary values or the transcendental ideals that have been recognized since antiquity uh, in cultures throughout the world. So Plato famously mm. talked about these, um, you know, Hegel, Kant, and all of these, all these uh, philosophers. Um, but also mystics and sages uh, in, in have also discussed these uh, ideals. Mm. So tonight, we'll bring something uh, from each category to talk about. We're going to do things a little differently tonight, however. Um, since Brittany's here, we're going, Dan and I are going to break up the segments, and I'm, I'm going to sit two out. Dan's going to do two, 
And since I'm a lesser man, a lesser man than Dan, I'm going to do one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So just, just switch well, things up a little. Well, bit. it's just uh, mostly because it's kind of hard to split three and you know in half. It you is. Know, it's, we it can't is. each do one point five. True. You know. Right. Like exactly. So the goal of the show then, um, besides hopefully being entertaining, um, we want to increase our capacities, right, to appreciate or you know realize greater levels and blends of these. Uh, three uh, intrinsic values, um, you know, hopefully by uh, exploring new ideas and learning about new people, right? You know, artists, writers, thinkers, we can clear the way for new and zesty experiences. Dan likes zesty. Yes, I do. I got a big smile on my face. Nobody can see it, but we like every get, time you say it. <laughs> we like to get zesty around here, yeah. man. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, well, I think we're ready for the beauty section. Beauty. We're back with the beauty section. Who wants to go first? Dan? You want to you okay. dive yeah. in, man? Dive into, the, the dive, yes. into the, <laughs> yeah. dive into the okay. beauty waters. Ahead, I just had my finger in the beauty water, and it's, it's perfect. <laughs> okay. It's yep, jump in. Perfect temperature. Okay. Um, well, about a week or two ago, uh, we took uh, the kids, my wife and I took the kids down to uh, stay with my aunt down in the small town of Cornwall, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, not too far from, from Hershey, PA, which mm-hmm. was our main location going down. We went to Hershey Park while we were down there. And the day before we actually went to the park, we, we visited Hershey Gardens. And I had never been there before. Cool. And it was, Me either. It was neat. Um, neat. We went in and, you know, it just started off as uh, Milton Hershey's Rose Gardens, basically. Uh-huh. Um, I think he even had a rose named after him. Nice. Um, so it was pretty cool. I mean wasn't you know the greatest experience ever you know it was, it was, it was a garden you know yeah. <laughs> just walking through and sure but it's huge it's about 20 it, 20 it some indoor? acres indoor or outdoor oh it's outdoor it's outdoor, uh, it's okay. outdoor. yeah so walking around and then there was something that caught my eye I, I saw a sign in front of this really interesting looking tree and on the sign it started out um it said meet the mother tree and so I went up to the sign and started cool. reading more about it and I'll go ahead and read what was on the plaque I have a picture of it here um, so it says, this is a special Cryptomeria japonica, uh, otherwise known as a dense jade tree. Huh. It began life as an aberration of nature in a New Jersey nursery. Oh, wow. In the early 1960s, a tree variety known as Cryptomeria japonica, uh, Labi, I'm not sure how to say that, <laughs> L-O-B-B-I-I, grew uh, what's known as a, a witch's brand, or a witch's broom which is a shoot that is genetically different from the parent. Typically, the witch's broom is weak and undesirable and is therefore removed and destroyed. However, the growers recognize this particular witch's broom is highly unusual with prized characteristics, including its own unique DNA signature. Oh, wow. It was carefully cultivated and developed into a new variety. Offspring from this single tree were propagated in Cryptomira japonica, uh, the dense jade, is now available in nurseries worldwide. Mm. The mother tree in front of you was the original witch's broom that all dense jade trees trace their DNA back to. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, so it was really cool to be, you know, see this thing, which was once, you know, regarded as an aberration of nature, yeah. as, right. you know, ugliness, and somebody saw the beauty in it. Mm-hmm. And, wow. um And now it's, you know, there in Hershey Gardens, if you want to go see it. What's the name of the tree again? 
uh, dense jade. It's um, Cryptomira japonica, if I'm saying it right. Okay. I just want to look it up because I'm mm-hmm. interested to see it now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. here it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I actually found a... Um, is that oh, it? Wow. Is that yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Um, I found... There was a blog that I found. Somebody else had written about There's this elderly couple that, that travels all over the place, and they they did a blog post on it. It's called... Um, it it kind of looks like a you know, like a Christmas tree. Almost. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Yeah, but like I just glancing at it. Yeah, uh, RayleighTravels.wordpress.com. dot dot com. That's R A L I E Travels. Um, so yeah, it's cool. they have a little blog post there. If you guys want to check it out, you see some pictures of it, and uh, it was cool. So yeah, I just I just thought that was um, just a really neat concept that they they took something like that, and now it's something that's desired yeah. instead of mm-hmm. unwanted. Yeah. So, yeah. I like the concept that we kind of make our own definition of beauty. So if yeah. someone, you know, starts this trend and says, this is actually beautiful, mm-hmm. then people will start to see it as beautiful rather yeah. than, yeah. you know, yeah. just kind of the what, what you speak over something right. is powerful. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely. Awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. That's fantastic. That's, that's a good pick. Thanks. Um, yeah. Talking about the trees made me think of this game, uh, Arboretum. It's mm. a card game. Have mm. you heard of it? No, I haven't. I've been trying to find it. It's It's about... Um, well, it's well, it's kind of sold out. You can't get it anywhere. Mm. Um, I, my family and I like to play like board games, mm-hmm. exploding geeky, kittens, geeky uh, like that. Exploding. Yeah, sushi go or we whatever. Like sushi go. Yeah, we like that one. We <laughs> like fun. exploding kittens. Um, but this one is interesting. It's um, you, the artwork is it's it's noted for the artwork on mm-hmm. the, the cards. So the, the, the trees are drawn really uh, beautifully, mm-hmm. and they're all they're all different colors. And I think they have like eight species of trees on mm-hmm. the cards. And it's a strategy game, um, and yet you basically build a garden, like a path through mm-hmm. the the uh, arboretum, right? The the, the tree yeah. garden. Um, but yeah, that sounds fun. Good pick, Dan. Hershey, good. Hershey Gardens. I've never been there. I have a funny story it's... about Hershey Park, though. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we both do. <laughs> we both do. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, we should tell that one. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I went to Hershey Park with Jesse and my yep. family once, and I invited him along. This was the Kit Kat uh, years story. ago, probably about ten years ago. <laughs> And we went through Chocolate World. We did the tour. And as we're exiting, um, some people pulled us aside, and they they had us go into this little room, and they had us... It was creepy. Yeah, it was, it was kind it of... It was kind of like... like, like um, it was like it, secret agent kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like whispering, like, hey. Right. You guys got a second. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, the, the, we were approached. Wow. Yeah. It was weird. We were Not coming up. We were coming off. Well, we were coming off the like the chocolate yeah. world. Yeah, right? you put mm-hmm. on that, and you go, you you, yeah. and you exit into the gift shop thing. Right, and, and yeah. they give you chocolate usually. And yeah, yeah, then usually. Then and these the people came over, and they were you know very executive looking, mm-hmm. yeah. and we were approached, and <laughs> oh, and propositioned. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, to speak. so they took us all into this little room, and they they had us try all these different yeah. uh, recipes for for like a Kit Kats. Yeah, yeah. so awesome. it wasn't anything weird. It was, but it was cool. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. So cool. They were working so, on it like a new formula. Not many people can say that that has happened to them. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, they can't. Um, and so we we did we tested a bunch of them, and we just kind of like wrote down our thoughts or you know yeah. checked checked boxes yeah. and things. Um, and as we're getting ready to leave, my my mom didn't she didn't eat all of hers, and she <laughs> she asked if she could take hers with her to eat later and they're like oh no sorry they, these kit kats cannot leave the room they freaked out and um how, how did you it was reminiscent it was to me it was very reminiscent of uh indiana jones and it's... the last crusade <laughs> you know at the very end when when the knight the old knight mm-hmm. says you can't take the the uh the um the, grail. the holy grail yeah. past the seal that's what it was like to me it felt that way 
don't take the Kit Kats past the seal. Yeah, and and I and I thought they they would think we were going to sell the recipe right. to um, <laughs> the guy from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate yeah. Factory. He was trying to get the yeah, was talking to the kids. I can't remember. Uh, but he was actually working. He name. was actually working for Willy Wonka though. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In the end, we find out. But <laughs> Mister, I would say Hogwarts, but that's not it. That's from Labyrinth. Yeah, <laughs> the little goblin guy. Hoggle, 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 hoggle. is a Harry Potter. I'm totally messed up, man. They're all one. We're going to get hate mail. Actually, somewhere in labyrinth um you know they're always getting hoggle's name wrong and at one point they do call him hogwart oh good okay so, <laughs> anyway, I'm, so I'm, now. <laughs> sorry i don't know why i know that nice so oh uh but what you had something else about hershey park um, that was a funny story my, yeah my story i think i'll save it for another time okay because it's yeah it's not are that you funny. sure because we want to hear it <laughs> okay potentially okay well there was okay i it's not hershey park we were staying at the um and this is all regional too, so I mean, most yeah. people are. I think most people are familiar with like Hershey PA. That's oh yeah, famous, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't feel too bad talking about this. Um, we stayed at the Hershey Hotel, which is like a big, fancy, you know, fancy sort of resort mm-hmm. hotel. And I was, we were, I was with my friend. And I, go, I was in high school, so this, this was a while ago. Um, and we were walking in the woods, and my friend really had to go to the bathroom, <laughs> um, and it wasn't number one. So okay. it was the, it was oh, the other one, yeah. <laughs> the only one left. <laughs> and I don't know why he decided to go in the woods, but he decided to. And he, we were in the woods, like near the Hershey Park Hotel. And I was waiting on the path for him. And all of a sudden, I hear some noises, like rustling in the woods. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa. And he's, he's barely off the path. Like you can, I mean, you can see him from the path, right? Mm-hmm. And three or four people on horseback come trotting up the path. <laughs> And I, and I just quietly moseyed off the path and kind of hid behind a tree and just didn't even say anything. And they, they all saw my friend. Oh, no. You abandoned yeah. your friend. I know. I couldn't help it. I thought it was just funny. <laughs> but I thought that, uh, eh, sorry, oh, man. <laughs> I was embarrassed for him. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But yeah, that's my funny Hershey Park story. That's all right. That's good. good pick, Dan. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll, we'll move on. Um, it's Britney's turn for yeah. beauty. Yeah, so I guess um, I guess more general, but what I've seen beauty in a lot this week, especially is with the random storms that we've been having. Um. And I think often people see like mm-hmm. this intense rain or thunder and think it's, you know, scary, horrible. It's yeah. going to cause all this mm-hmm. damage. But then what happens afterwards is there's this oh, yeah. beautiful light in the sky. Wow. Yep. Um, and there's this peace that just comes over the earth. And I've just, mm-hmm. you know... It just pauses me, so yeah. it just reminds me of we're all you like. There's just so much goodness, and um, yeah. yeah, see, like that. Yeah, I just took that yesterday. <laughs> oh, let me see. Oh, that's gorgeous. I've been taking a lot of pictures I of the sky too. It's just beautiful, and I think there's just yeah. a refreshing that comes. It's almost like a cleansing and a healing process that yeah. storms bring, which is just a different way to look yep. at beauty, I guess. Amen. So yeah, yeah. I agree. Kind of what I've been just enjoying yeah. this week and fantastic. Yeah, so. that's yeah. a great pick. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, agree. Yeah, speaking of, I was just thinking about that too. Yeah, we've yeah. had some, we had a, quite a bit of, uh, of, uh, of rain oh, this yeah. summer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Pennsylvania gets a lot of rain. We do. People don't realize it. No, I especially mean, Williamsport for whatever yeah. reason. But. I've read that um, it, I mean, it's comparable to like Seattle and Oregon, like the Pacific mm-hmm. Midwest. Really? Like we get more, we get more like on average throughout the year. Which hmm. is so sad. I get, just was in Seattle yeah. for a work conference and yeah. I, I did the needle, if you guys have ever heard of the yeah yeah it was awesome but the lady in the elevator that takes you like to the sky lookout was like they only have 45 days out of the year oh, wow. where you can actually see the coast from mm. the needle oh. because of the fog oh interesting which yeah. is so interesting it's like, yeah I, couldn't, 
imagine living like, like yeah, that. Yeah, bummer. Yeah. It'd be depressing. It, it would, but yeah. I mean, they find the beauty in it. So yeah. Sure. It's good. <laughs> I mean, I, I do kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm a pasty white guy, so I, I do <laughs> like overcast days. Yeah. Um, my spouse and I both. Um, so I'm, I'm totally cool with overcast, cloudy mm-hmm. days. Yeah. And I, yeah, I enjoy that. But yes, to your, to your point about storms. Yeah. Yeah. I love the smells too yes. after a storm. The smells mm-hmm. are so, great. So great. So fresh. And, um, appealing to the yeah, senses very, very like <laughs> sort of a clean mm-hmm. like refreshing right. like, scent yeah um, that's good yeah wonderful stuff um, but yeah, yeah I appreciate it that's a good yeah, pick cool. cool I guess um, mm. I guess we're good to go we can move on to truth great let's do it truth we're back with the truth segment <laughs> and this is the segment that corresponds to the mind, right? So uh, out of the, the three, soul, heart, and mind, mm-hmm. the truth corresponds with the mind. Typically, you know, uh, on shows past, we've brought things that um, are truthful to us, right? These could range anywhere from, well, like scientific theories mm-hmm. or scientific truths, um, philosophical sort of theories mm-hmm. or truths, um, or spiritual truths, mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Dan's going to sit this one out. I'm going to do my truth segment here. Sweet. Um, and I'm going to read a blog post that I wrote. And last week on the show, I got a little political. This one is a little political, too. It's, it's it, it, not as much, but it does <laughs> deal with a hot-button political topic. <laughs> um, and just specifically, it deals with guns. Um, I am not a big fan of firearms. Um, I don't think it's not a secret if, if people read like my writing and that kind of thing, but, or, or if you know me personally. <laughs> Um, but um, I, I do. I'm, I'm heavily influenced by um, sort of nonviolent theology, Catholic nonviolent Catholic theology, and, and a Baptist theology, specifically like Mennonite and Quaker uh, peace theology. Um, so, so I'm not a big gun fan. And I wrote this this post called "Thoughts on Preparing for the Worst versus Preparing to Do the Worst." Mm. So I'm going to start off with this quote here, and it's a Bible quote. Hooray! Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, but where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's a good thing to prepare for things, right? Sure. It's common sense to think ahead and be ready for what might come. We, quote-unquote, insure ourselves against what the future might bring in many, many different ways. For example, think about how we actually buy insurance. We buy home in, homeowners insurance uh, to protect us in case of hurricanes, etc. Health insurance to protect us in case of sickness or injury. Car insurance to protect us from the cost of automobile accidents. Wanting to feel safe and secure is something everyone wants and really needs to a certain degree. Safety along with you know, physiological needs like food, water, and sleep, is one of Maslow's fundamental human necessities, after all. It's important to note that all of the things I just mentioned, which we protect ourselves from, fires, hurricanes, auto accidents, sickness, injury, etc., etc., can be classified as either natural disasters or occurrences, chance occurrences or accidents, or things we ourselves are liable for, right? Like injuring ourselves while moving a piano. That's our fault. We're crashing into something, right, while we're driving. But there is something that can often threaten us, can often threaten our well-being, and which many people want to protect themselves from. Something else, right? Other humans. Before I go any further, I will say right up front that I don't 
that I don't deny for a second that bad things often happen to good people. And I do not blame anyone for wanting to defend themselves and or their loved ones against malicious or criminal attacks. This is the cautious, thoughtful, and smart way to be. I'm not advocating that people be naive, reckless idealists. Quite the contrary. I think protecting oneself and those who are close to us is the correct, pragmatic, and virtuous way to live. All of that considered, I believe there is a significant difference between preparing for the worst and preparing to do the worst. Recently, I was involved in a Facebook conversation, well, a few of them, uh, which were sparked by um, Donald Trump's sort of executive actions that banned refugees and Muslims. Um, this, was, this sort of happened uh, when he was first elected. That was one of the first things he did. Um, he recently just passed another sort of uh, executive action, um, a revised one that did get through. The nationalistic argument that I kept hearing now um, from Trump supporters was that we must protect citizens by fighting back. Right? An eye for an eye, they would say. Right? Mm. Fighting back against radical Islamic terror- terrorism. Even if this means discriminating against certain groups of people and allowing some innocent people, refugees, women and children among them, who are fleeing violence, to die. On a superficial, immature, tribal level, I can understand the sentiment here. We value those closest to us the most. And when push comes to shove, if we feel anxious, threatened, or fearful, hey, we're looking out for number one. When it comes down to it, that's what we're doing. Uh, Every man, woman, and child for themselves. This certainly is one way to prepare for the worst. But in preparing for the worst, I think... In this way, we are actually, um, where one actually allows and or participates in doing the worst, innocent and not-so-innocent people will die unnecessarily. Unfortunately, I personally no longer have the privilege to think in such toxic, simplistic, myopic, selfish, and childish ways. Don't get me wrong, I'm still compelled to take care of the closest, the closest people to me, to worry about their well-being and to do what I can to ensure it, but as, but I, as I have, have matured over time, I've found that the scope of what I value has broadened to such a degree that I must begin to think differently about how I ensure the safety of those I care about. Trying to solve complex problems with simple childish solutions, to me, in my mind, is really a recipe for disaster. For those with a tribal or sort of ethnocentric worldview, ensuring the safety of loved ones is a very simple matter. Kill all threats before those threats kill you. Period. End of story. We've all heard this. In other words, the best defense is a good offense. Folks who might think of themselves as Second Amendment folks, right? Uh, People who like to keep guns handy for quote-unquote self-defense purposes. Their view of humans is a circumspect one, and they think keeping a gun in the house to stop quote-unquote bad guys is the common sense equivalent of having a fire extinguisher close by in case of a fire. After all, one should be prepared for the worst, right? We've established that. Unfortunately, the reality is that guns aren't defensive weapons. They're not. They're not like shields or force fields. Right, Dan? Nope. <laughs> you can't shoot another bullet out of the air with another bullet. Mm-mm. I mean, if you can, that's, that's awesome. You must be like Walker, Texas Ranger at that point. Something like that. <laughs> so it follows that by keeping a gun in the house for quote-unquote self-defense purposes, one is not preparing to defend against the worst. They are preparing to do the worst first to kill another human being. The analogy to a fire extinguisher is a non-sequitur and simply does not hold up. Fires are typically accidental and or random acts of nature, unless it's arson, of course, which is another matter. Humans, on the other hand, generally have reasons for doing things. We have stories, we have motives, we have needs. Burglars rob houses because they need money. Perhaps. For what? 
Who knows? Drugs? Food? I don't know. It really doesn't matter uh, for this conversation. The point here is that if we zoom out, we will generally see a larger picture, one with lots of forces and factors in play, social, psychological, economic, etc. And this larger picture is what needs to be kept in mind. If it is kept in mind, then one begins to take different steps to prepare for the worst. I personally begin with a few very basic axioms. Okay, here they are. They're very simple. It's really simple stuff. We teach our kids this all the time. I'm teaching my kids this right now. Number one, try my best not to hit or punch or kill humans to solve problems. Number two, share and do not hoard wealth and possessions. Don't be greedy. Number three, value all of life, love God, and love others as we love ourselves. Logically, it has always seemed to me that if we are going to attempt to literally do these things and not just cross our fingers behind our backs and wink when we teach our kids this stuff, then it requires a certain mode of existence, a certain openness to the uncertainty of life. In other words, love requires vulnerability. It requires that one take on the very real risk of being injured. If we're thinking about this in a very practical, common-sense sort of way, then perhaps the old best defense against Uh, or the best defense is a good offense sort of strategy is maybe not the best way to go. Because look, if the goal is for no one to get killed, and I realize that this may not be a realistic goal for everyone. I I understand some people do believe with all their hearts that certain people are quote-unquote bad guys and that they deserve to die. This is another conversation, one that has philosophical and theological underpinnings that I don't want to get into here. But it's much smarter to stop making enemies, all right? Mm -hmm. Start small. Perhaps stop using the term bad guys. You know, strike it from your lexicon, unless you're like Dan and you're talking about Skeletor from He-Man. Then you can use the word bad guy. (laughs) But, um, you know, maybe we should take some practical steps toward this goal. Like, well, I don't know, not keeping deadly weapons lying around the house, like guns. There are lots of other non-lethal means of self-defense, people. Learn karate. Get a burglar alarm. I don't know, something. (laughs) But look, be mindful. And try not to fixate on prepping for a home invasion. Also, we might try to dearly try dearly to embrace life and its uncertainties with open arms and try our best not to live in fear of our fellow humans. We might also want to keep in mind that it's a pretty good idea to not hoard wealth at the expense of others. The existence of the security cameras on your home tells me more about your anxious guilt and paranoia than anything else. Ultimately, common sense might tell us that it's actually a good idea to live a life of compassion, mercy, and aggressive peacemaking, working for the liberation of all people if we want to ensure the greatest amount of safety for ourselves and our loved ones. There are people who actually try to do these things. I try to be one of them. Uh, I fail all the time, but I, but I try. And these people are indeed being pragmatic and thoughtful and cautious and virtuous, just like the smart people who buy life insurance or car insurance. They're attempting to store their treasures in heaven, as Jesus would say. But unlike the person who is prepping for a For the worst, by preparing to do the worst, this alternative way of life prepares for the worst by embracing the worst in the world, trying to understand it and working to transform and fix it. Now that's a big difference. That's my truth piece. It was a little long. Sorry about that. But um, (laughs) I I wanted to share this. This is something that's important to me, and I find it to be truthful. Um, And uh, this is an important conversation, conversation, I believe, Um, considering that we live in a country that, um, wow, sells guns like candy i don't know what do you think dan you grew up know. in jersey shore yeah i mean i i knew people that had them i you know i, I did 
Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, we shot the little BB guns or little rifles and things like that. I never really went beyond that, but I, you know, I do get yeah. com- uncomfortable mm-hmm. around them. Uh, yeah. And you know, I try not. I don't you know judge people for for owning mm-hmm. them. Sometimes sure. people collect them because they want to, you know, just mm-hmm. show them. They don't yeah. want to use them. They just want to say, mm-hmm. "This is what I collect." Sure. That's fine. Um, yeah. You know, we had our uh, my friend Josh in here mm-hmm. uh, a few episodes ago, and mm-hmm. his friend. Uh, created art. That's right. Using I don't know what kind of gun he was using, but he would mm-hmm. shoot the paint cans and it would yeah. run out onto the canvas. Um, and that was just an interesting way to yeah. use it. Yeah, it's kind of like a gun as a paintbrush, you know? Yeah, certainly, certainly. It was, uh, kind of repurposing. Yeah. Um, I think that's the way to go, man. Yeah. Beat our beat our you know swords into plowshares. Exactly. Or not guns into plowshares. Yeah. And actually, make art with them. That'd be yeah. fantastic. And there, there's actually um, I saw there's an organization out there that, that actually takes uh, weapons, guns, mm-hmm. and actually makes them into gardening yeah, tools. Yeah, I've seen that. So, Look, I, I think I think guns can be like roller skates. They can be like bowling balls. You know? yeah. I, I, for hunting, they're fantastic, right? I mean, yeah. we, we, we need to hunt. Yeah. People who, who have guns for recreational purposes, that's, that's fine. Yeah. I don't care. That's don't fine. Care about that. Although you have I a rifle it, to shoot deer or something? Cool. Yeah. That's great. Although you, I think you, you, keep, be... you, you keep your, your ammo locked up separately from the gun, right? It, it, yeah. At that point... It's not self-defense anymore. Right. You know, if someone breaks in your house, you got to run to your safe, open up the, the case to get the, the, wet, the ammo out, you know, load your gun. I mean, that's, that's nonsense. It's not self-defense weapon at that point. No. Um, and, and most hunters I know are super responsible yeah. with their firearms, and they teach their kids how to be responsible with guns and that they're dangerous and that they take life. And that's something that's not, that should be taken seriously, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah, I mean that's a, that's that's using a gun as a, as a recreational sort of sporting as sporting equipment at that point. Yeah, and that's cool. Hey, and you know if you get super serious in the hunting and you wanna and you wanna like have some have a gun and and you know whatever bullets and stuff. Yeah, cool. Um, you can get licenses for that. But I think you know at that point we could treat guns just like bowling balls, right? Mm-hmm. When you rent a gun, you go to a shooting range and you rent a gun. You know, I don't know. I mean, just yeah, whatever. Yeah. What do you think, Brittany? <laughs> I don't get off my soapbox. Yeah, no, I think it's, that's a tough topic. It is. I think it comes with a lot of layers. Um, I often think of what are the motivations of purchasing a gun. Sure. And I think for some, it's a very big reality that they're mm-hmm. living in fear, and that's yeah. their only option. So mm-hmm. I think understanding maybe some people's situations and that if if there's continual fear and yeah. tension within our society, there's going to continue to be weapon use um and so is that really the root of the problem or is it mm-hmm. that people are scared yeah, for their sure. life and that Absolutely. there's deeper issues going on i don't know right. so i think it's just a complicated yeah just a complicated yeah. no doubt topic and sure. i i, I oh. do want to be clear um i i'm you know very familiar with critiques of nonviolence, mm-hmm. and as a white guy a person of privilege and you know i realize that sort of nonviolent activism is sort of a privileged position. I get that. Um, and I don't advocate that minorities or, you know, oppressed people disarm. Mm-hmm. I'm not advocating for that. I'm advocating for, for white guys like me to disarm. Sure. I'm speaking, that's the audience I'm speaking to. Okay. Um, because that's the, uh, um, they're the people who are the most dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, these people who, who are, quote unquote, Second Amendment people who you know, tout the Second Amendment and, and, and want uh, store guns and store firearms in their basement. They look they look like me. They're old white guys, you know, <laughs> most of them. Um, but um, but but these are also people who who get scared of group, when when groups like the Black Panthers have guns, and and they they realize that oh that's that's a little scary for them. Um, so 
yeah, but I think I think you're right. I think it, it, there's lots of deeper issues here, um, and a lot of it is fear. Um, it's funny. I, I keep reading. I keep reading research that comes out about self defense and how pulling a gun in a self defense sort of criminal confrontation is the worst thing that you could do. If you mm. want to, I mean, if you want to survive, yeah. Pro, if you want to survive a criminal confrontation, there are two things you can do. One of them is not pull the gun, but the other, the, the two things you can do are run away and hide, or and or call for help. Mm. And there's no shame in my game. I'm, I'm totally down to do either one of those. <laughs> right. Um, but pulling a gun just escalates the situation, you know, in a criminal, criminal mm. confrontation. And, mm. you know, and then we can get into talking about criminality, right? Like, right. Again, like I said in my, in my you know, blog post, that there's reasons. People have reasons for doing things, right? Mm. Um, there's, there's context. There's a situation there. Um, and, yeah, so, but yeah. you're right. It's, this is a big That's a, topic. It's a big topic. Yeah. But it's good. It's definitely not an easy one to no. tackle. Mm. No. Um, anything what boils down to you know i think Brittany, you might have mentioned it earlier um but you know it's it's not so much about the gun but you know what's what's in your heart what's in your mind um i was just thinking about i don't know why this image popped in my head um happy happy gilmore the movie <laughs> with adam sandler uh he had his former boss comes mm-hmm. to cheer him on you know played by richard keel who is known mm-hmm. for playing jaws in the, the james bond films but yeah. i think there's one scene where he's he's wearing a shirt that says guns don't kill people i do or something <laughs> like that but I don't, I don't know why that image just that's popped funny. in my head but that's yeah. yeah the mentality of some yeah people you know when they, yeah i mean like i say in the in the post I, I totally get the the idea of wanting to defend you know your yeah. loved ones I, I totally get that i do i would die for those that i love but you know i, I honestly cannot kill and that's something that I've taken off the table. Like I said, you know, these are the things we teach our kids. Yeah. Right. Have you seen um, Hacksaw Ridge, the movie? No, have not. Oh, oh that's, yeah. That, that true I story see about, that. I can't even remember his name. Cool. The, I don't even remember when it happened, but he was in the army and he refused to carry a weapon. Oh, interesting. And, you know, he was a medic in the, ar- in the army oh, wow. and on the battlegrounds yeah. and stuff. Oh, and check it out. kind of mm-hmm. goes through his story. It's a really good Ooh, movie. You should excellent. check that out. Yeah. yeah well, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think who's attached to that movie that's well known. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Jesse's going to look it up. Yeah, maybe you could read this. I didn't, I butchered it, but. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a look it up, Jesse? Get, look it up, Jesse. Look it up, Jesse. Uh, Jesse. <laughs> Let's get a chant going. Here yeah. it is, Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. yeah, it just came out. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it's a director. Oh, Mel Gibson. Mel yes, Gibson. Mel Gibson. <laughs> That's who I thought. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, check okay. it out. Yeah, it's Very good. good. It's good. It's just okay. interesting, but. Hmm. Well, I, good. I, yeah. I appreciate the feedback. I, I think this is a, a good conversation, and, um. We but we we do we will move on yeah. and we'll move on to Brittany's truth segment. Okay, um, I guess mine. I, well, we talked about fears already and motivations. Um, I guess something I think about a lot is the correlation between truth mm-hmm. and lies and fears and how the two mm-hmm. they all kind of you mm-hmm. can't have one without the other. Um, right. And I think a lot in terms of human behavior too. And mm-hmm. something that hit me, I guess, when all the heroin overdoses were recently mm-hmm. going on and all the Facebook posts about them. Mm-hmm. I just felt a lot of judgment for those people that had overdosed yeah. coming from our community. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm under the belief that something might be true, but it might not be the truth about something. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes there's lies deeper down. So if you were to dig, you know, kind of meet with someone and dig through, their behaviors come from wrong beliefs. Yep. So think things that they're believing to be true but aren't actually the truth about maybe who they are or um you know their self-worth or whatever and that can drive behavior and so Mm. how quick we are as humans to judge behavior before 
digging down to the deep root of what yeah. is the truth about that person and what's true what's really going on um something i think about a lot you know just in terms of working even with a diverse group of people of you know they may be struggling with something or going through or manifesting a behavior that seems clearly wrong yeah. or um misguided and it's like well they might just have a wrong way of thinking or they might have been given a wrong way of thinking yeah. you know by other people and how can i help to kind of pull the weeds out and get mm. to the bottom of it mm. to say this isn't who you are and you're actually really valuable mm. to our community and Amen. to our society because you're human and you're important yeah. so i don't know just that idea <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> but, you just dropped it yeah mic drop that's good yeah so i think about these things a lot but no i'm totally on board with you yeah. i just i was just thinking but we talked about this last mm. on last episode yeah my default posture is you know if you know, encountered with someone. Um, well, my default posture is that we're society is all the way down, sure. right? And part of being in a society, I talk about the family as a society. Right. And in a family, we have a personal responsibility to take care of each other. Mm-hmm. So if we zoom out, we can look at a larger society, right? right? A town. And, and, you know, we have a personal responsibility to take care of each other, even mm-hmm. if we don't know each other. Yeah. Right. So we always hear um, sort of arguments against, you know, wanting to help people, right? right. Uh, you know, a uh, people who are on welfare and people right. who, you know, mm-hmm. who are drains on the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, thinking in abstract terms, mm-hmm. right. We can look at, we can all picture that person who is, you know, sort of sitting on their couch, drinking beer all day, doing drugs, playing video games. We can, it's easy to, to, to you know, have that picture in our minds right. and, you know, think about them in an abstract way. But I got to say, my default posture has to be that, I am to love people, mm-hmm. even if I don't mm-hmm. know them. Right. And that if there is, if there does happen to be someone who is a, a quote unquote drain on society, or if I, if we find someone who is sort of, um, who, this, who, who is diseased, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who is uneasy or, uh, you know, living in, in a way that is sort of, um, yeah, just hurting, hurting themselves, right? Then my default posture is to, to assume something deeper is going on, right? right? Just like you said. It usually is. Yeah. yeah, and that we all, yeah, we all have stories. We all mm-hmm. have context, um, yeah. reasons for doing things, and reasons for being in the situations we are right. in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, being human being, I mean, that's everything that qualifies you to accept love and yeah. compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy to say. It's not right. easy to do all the time. It's hard to live out. But it's hard to it live is. out. It's yeah, it's a good thing to. It's a good purpose to have in mm-hmm. the back of your mind, I think, of, okay, there's yeah. always something deeper, and the truth eventually, mm-hmm. usually always reveals itself, and so... No doubt. Um, you know, digging to the bottom mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. It may take time, mm-hmm. and yep. that's worth the investment, so... I mean, speaking of, of addiction in particular, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there, there's been lots of research coming out, um, psychological research, uh, about how addiction really really is a large component of it is yeah. sort of socio-economic mm-hmm. it's, right. it's a social problem mm-hmm. um, and so the opposite of addiction really is connection mm-hmm. absolutely you know it's people who feel disconnected right mm-hmm. um, and speaking from experience i've i've been addicted to drugs i've done yeah. lots of drugs <laughs> full disclosure i mean it's not a secret for people who know me but um and i know what that's about it's about yeah. wanting to yeah to to it's about feeling really mm-hmm. really is feeling di- disassociated disaffected yeah. well, i think you hit i hit, think you hit the nail of like some of our greatest needs are not just you know for physical comfort you know food mm-hmm. shelter whatever the next one up and if you 
talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs is yeah. a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And yep. so when you don't feel that sense or mm-hmm. when you don't feel valuable, yeah. you act or you turn to things yeah. to fill that void. Mm-hmm. And the best way to solve that is for someone to love you yeah. and remind you that you matter yeah. and you have a voice. So, yep. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. There's been, th- there's a bunch of stuff out on the internet, like a bunch of cool, like there's a Ted talk I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but and there's a famous experiment where they, uh, gave rats heroin. Hmm. I mean, you, you may have heard it. Heard about I it. think I have. But um, it, it was just a, a, an empty cage with a rat, two two um, sort of water water containers, hmm. one with heroin, one just water, and the rat would drink the heroin huh. and become addicted to it. Um, one of the psych- uh, one of the psychologists working on the experiment thought there was something wrong going on there and decided to build the rat a a giant rat playland. Right, filled with uh, lots of rat toys. It was very big and spacious, um, and lots of other rats that they can play with, and you know, <laughs> uh, you know, mate with that kind of thing. Um, and um, but 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 kept the the, the two water dispensaries, mm-hmm. right? And the rats didn't touch the heroin. Hmm. Surprisingly, <laughs> yeah, amazingly, wow, wow. it's fantastic. Um, but. Out. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll link to it in the blog post. Mm-hmm. We'll link to the, there's a cool video yeah. uh, floating around. But that's, awesome. that's great. Thanks, Brittany. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Okay, and I guess, um, I guess we're ready to move to the final segment, mm-hmm. which is goodness. Goodness. And we're back. Dan is ready for his goodness pick. Okay. Yeah, man. Well, um, this comes from boardpanda.com. I've shared from that website mm-hmm. before. Um, have you heard of it, Brittany? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a great <laughs> website. Yeah, articles. <laughs> yeah, some of, some of it's just kind of clickbait yeah. type stuff, sure. but some of it's really, really good. This is good. Um, this is an article called The World's First Water Park for People with Disabilities Has Just oh, Opened, awesome. and cool. It's the Best Thing Ever. Wow, great. I feel like a lot of articles start and end like that now, and, mm-hmm. and it's the best, blah, 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 and it's the best thing ever. But, but this <laughs> yeah. really is. This really is. Um, so, yeah, I think this is um, – and it's funny how this article reads because it's mostly just a bunch of pictures with captions, so mm-hmm. it might kind of sound weird mm-hmm. as I read it. But um, it starts off. It says, With summer upon us, water parks across the world will be filling up with children and adults looking for a fun way to cool down on a hot day. And thanks to this incredible new water park called Morgan's Inspiration Island – in San Antonio, Texas, people with disabilities can also join the fun. Um, so yeah, they, they built this whole water park. Um, there's people, they can, uh, just bring their own wheelchair if they have one that, that they need. Uh, they have waterproof ones too, if they can't take their own. So yeah. And it looks like it's not just the water park, but in this article, there's, um, pictures of other rides in the theme park that they can get on. Like, uh, like the, um, the swings that kind of go around, mm-hmm. they have like a thing where they can stay in their their wheelchair and they just hook them up into this thing and they just, you know, swing around with everybody else. Um, it looks like they have a log flume. Not sure how they pull that one off, but um, maybe it just doesn't have the big nice. drop. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought this was really great. Um, and, you know, I worked with for Hope Enterprises for mm-hmm. seven years and it was a really great experience working there. I'm just glad to see something like this for people out there. Unfortunately, you know, from the looks of it, the only place right now is in Texas, mm-hmm. but I hope that this idea expands. Catches on. Elsewhere, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm looking at you, Hershey Park. Canobles. Yeah, really. How about yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> so it would be great to see that. Yeah. Good good pick, Dan. Awesome. Yeah. Water parks are fun. They're I so haven't fun. been to one in a while. 
Yeah. Uh, we were just at Canomble's last week, last weekend. Um, and yeah, the closest we got was standing by the log flume and getting wet. <laughs> they changed the log flume. I was just I know. Cool. Did they? Yeah. It's yeah. not the, whatever you call it now anymore. Yeah. Where you're sitting like in a row. Yeah. No. Yeah. Now you, there's four spots and you sit mm-hmm. next to each other. Right. So you get a lot more wet. Oh, cool. Oh, well, that's just kind of cool. That's at Knobles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. We we just went uh, beginning of June, and I didn't... Okay, well, there is, there, I just went two weeks ago. There is two of them. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, there's there's the big one. Oh, the Skloosh. There's then, the Skloosh. Yeah. Oh, is that different? And then there's another yeah. one that is by the Phoenix. Oh, okay. I just probably did a different yeah, one. Yeah, it might be the other <laughs> one. I thought it, was, I thought <laughs> yeah. it changed. Yeah, one of, them, one of them has like a bridge that you can stand on. Well, yeah. I guess they both have bridges. I don't yeah. know. That's I'm confused. Yeah. Okay, now I'm confused. <laughs> Too many log flumes, everybody. But Knobles is awesome. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. But I remember going to like... Like Dorney Park, this is regional too. Dorney Allentown, Park, Dorney Park. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that was fun. Yeah, um, yeah. So, did you grow up around in, in Reading area? No, I'm actually okay. from outside of Baltimore. So oh, right on. We grew up going to Dorney Park. There was another one. Cool, cool. There was I can't the King's Dominion. That's oh yeah, I've been there. Yeah. It was fun. I used to be big into yeah. like roller coasters. We would yeah. go to different um, mm-hmm. like in high school and stuff. Yeah, um, like all different parks. Yeah, they're super fun. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Benny, Dan Benny almost went on the Phoenix. Did he almost? Yeah, he went. He went big enough. He's tall enough, yeah. And okay. He was, yeah, he went on the purple one, the little purple one, you know, in oh, like the, the kitty, the kitty area. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. Awesome. He was he was like legitimately screaming with horror. Natalie got a photo of him. It's oh so gosh. funny. Oh <laughs> I'm doing this like weird face, Frame and one. he's like legitimately like has the, like this like terrified look on his face. On the kitty, on the <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we um we have a tradition every year since since. I'm at April that mm-hmm. uh, we get our picture on the log flume. We'll get like the keychain and the magnet oh, cool. for the fridge. Okay. And like the first few years, Gabe is just like terrified. <laughs> like nice. it took everything we could do to get him on it. That's and, awesome. you know, after a few years, you know, he's, you can see he's having fun. But uh, my daughter, Chloe, like as soon as she was big enough to ride it, she, she loved it. Ooh, and, brave. And so, Good yeah. For her. That's great. Yeah, so she she rode the Phoenix for the awesome. first time this year, and the, the Twister, and we have to take them together because if if Chloe goes on, Benny might go on with her. Yeah, <laughs> together, you know what I mean? yeah, maybe he, he chickened out, but yeah. he almost He's did it. I, I gave the guy the tickets, and we were in line. And then he he saw it go by, uh, and he was like, "I changed my mind." <laughs> well, to, be, to be honest, I I didn't ride roller coasters until in my late teens. I oh, was yeah. horrified. It took a while for me yeah. too. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Okay, yeah. Brittany, do you have um, something something good to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I think everything's good. All good. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think about goodness a lot. I guess for me, cool. truth, beauty, and goodness all kind mm-hmm. of are in one. Oh yeah. Um, but no, I guess in in terms of kids too, I think I've been thinking about motherhood a lot. I have this AmeriCorps member. She's a single mm-hmm. mom of yeah. five kids. Cool. So she's you know, I mean. That's a She's lot. Going through wow, a lot. single mom, boy. But just to see the joy on her face. I mean, there's such mm-hmm. goodness in the way that she interacts with her kids despite her own personal struggles and um, even just what's happening in our community. Mm-hmm. So she lives on 2nd Street, and they're making a community mm-hmm. garden oh. right on that street um, with Our Town's board. And then cool. um, I've been working with Heart of Williamsport. They're doing a... Mm-hmm. Roundtable discussion next week right. where they collect people's stories of sure. what's been good yeah. of their time here living in Williamsport. Um, so I guess for me, I just, it's up to you to see the goodness and everything, and yeah. it's it's there, you know. So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You're right. I think mm-hmm. all three of these. That's sort of the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of these sort of well, whatever you want to think of them, these, these sort of these values, these intrinsic yeah. values, mm-hmm. or these transcendental ideals, as right. Plato would say, um, they overlap, they do. right? And if you mix them together. You get every just like a yeah. like three primary colors. You yeah. get every shade, every That's blend right. of value. Hmm. You know, That's awesome. um, 
that, of course, as a process relational thinker, I throw zest in there and adventure. <laughs> uh, those <laughs> are also to. values. Yeah. That's right. So, but yeah, no, that thing. They're like the uh, secondary colors, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And good. tertiary, yep. That's right. Secondary, tertiary. We need them all in there. It's all good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, this is this has been really fun. Good. We're I so happy fun. that Thanks you could come. We me. want you to come back. Yeah. You'll come back. Okay. I hope. Sounds good. Okay. Yes, of course. Fantastic. <laughs> um, and yeah, I guess wrapping up, we'll just um, I'll let people know about wxpiradio.org. That is where you can go and become a member of the uh, and support community radio. Five dollars a month would be fantastic. Um, become an underwriter if you like. Uh, but yeah, support community radio. Um, increasecapacity.com is our website. That's where we post uh, blog posts. You can leave feedback there for us. Um, we're on Facebook. It's just Facebook slash Increase Capacity. Uh, comments, questions, that would be fantastic. We'd love to eventually have people sort of call in or something like that. Or um, yeah, I can set up something on the, on the, on the blog uh, where people can leave you know, audio feedback and we can play them on, on the show. That would be great. We'd love to hear from people. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 on social media, uh, Jesse Turry on Twitter, uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Dan is on Twitter, right, Dan? Yep, I'm on Twitter, D A N L E W seven eight. You can find me on MySpace. I mean, no, no. no. I was just thinking <laughs> about MySpace. No, no. <laughs> I was just talking to someone. About well, that. you probably could, but I'm not going to see it. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Facebook too. So. Nice. My ba- I still have a band page on there. Yeah, yeah. I think plural, plural form yeah. or fading time. I think they're both on there. Okay. Yeah. What about what about you, Brittany? Do you have any anything you like to plug? Plug. I just you know love each other. <laughs> right on. Man. Right on. Just I'm down with that. That's it. Awesome. Well, that is all we have for the show, and we hope you will come back. And I guess we'll, we'll talk to you next time on Increased Capacity. I'm Jesse Turi. I'm Dan. Take care. Hi, Dan here from Increased Capacity. We hope you enjoyed the show with our special guest, Brittany Tash. We have a little extra time this evening, so we're going to play a song. I found one by this guy named David Zeste. Uh, I think I like it because his last name kind of sounds like Zesty. <laughs> but anyway, uh, his last name is spelled S-Z-E-S-Z-T-A-Y. The song is called 80s, and it is found on the album Cinematic Indie. Uh, You can find the song on thefreemusicarchive.org. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the song.
Does that sound good? Yeah, you sound good. We, I checked them before we came in, Curtis and okay. I. Okay, how Curtis, long have you been recording? Well, this is I so just different. Turned it on. Oh, you just turned it on. <laughs> Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear okay. you. Okay. <laughs> Turn my microphone up. <laughs> Fist of cuffs. <laughs> Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here we go.